and welcome to the Dragon Thistle Rugby Pod. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope everyone had a, a good Christmas and uh, a good New Year, considering the uh, situation we all find ourselves in. Um, my name is Sean, as usual, and I'm joined by Mike. I say the same thing every time. How's things, mate? <laughs> I'm all right, mate. Yeah, as I say, every single time. But no, I'm all right. I had a... It was probably the worst Christmas and New Year I've had. Probably the same for everyone because I was away from uh, family and friends. But it was still, you know, as good a Christmas and New Year I had, I could have had considering. So it was, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think everyone's in the same position, aren't they? It was, it was. You know, I had a nice time, but it wasn't Christmas as we all know it, was it? Um, we're in, we're in Eulo social mingmongs or anything like that. We're, I know, mate. I, I was sober, sober Christmas yeah. Eve. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, we were lucky. Sort of over Christmas, we, we could at least go to the pub. Had a had a decent Christmas do. <laughs> Got absolutely steaming, drinking yeah. drinking Jaeger, straight Jaeger at ten o'clock. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's funny though because what I went back to work. I can't like, literally. I can't remember getting home at all. Don't remember getting in. I woke up. Um, I was in the bed by myself straight away. I'm in the bad books here. <laughs> Go downstairs. I had, to, I had to get a parcel, so I was up for like nine o'clock in the morning. Rancid. Come downstairs. Emma, my wife, is asleep on the city. I was like, you all right? You know, kind of, kind of gauge it. And um, in fairness, she was all right, but she had to sleep downstairs because apparently I was balking in my sleep. She, like, she like, She hates you at the best of times, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to be fair. And uh, yeah, so I mean, when I went back to work on Monday, one lad was talking to us. I can't remember leaving. He said, oh, it was quite funny. Apparently, I was stood there with like one eye open, and I was like, listen, I'm going home. I've got to go home. So, when the lads went to the toilet, came back, and I was stood there with a pint. So, um, good effort in leaving. Yeah. But apart from that, yeah, I had a decent enough Christmas. It wasn't the same. Um, Spending with the in laws, which is nice, actually. It was good. Good day. Nice 12 days off. I had to go back to work Monday. Absolute off. Fucking shocking. <laughs> anyway, enough about me and drinking and stuff. I'm, I'm giving up. That's it. I'm quitting drink. Bullshit. Oh, Are you doing dry January? No. Helen's trying. So Helen's, so Helen's seven days in. Well, technically, I'm seven days in as well, really, but not. that's only because where I am at the moment, uh, I'm not allowed off where I am so I can't drink even if I wanted to yeah so yeah I mean in fairness I probably I mean saying that like I've got I've still got a keg in that new beer pump I've got to finish off so I'll probably finish that off this weekend I won't really drink in the house so <laughs> except when I've got loads of beer in the house and I'll probably drink it anyway should we move on to talk about some rugby yeah, why not? Why not? Well, it's what we're here for. No one wants to listen to our lives. Fucking shit. I don't think people want to listen to us talk about rugby either. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Except in America, mate. Got a bit of a following in America. Yeah, no, that's why. Right, that I'm impressed. Love it. Hello to all our American friends. <laughs> we'll start talking about American rugby soon. They've got they've got a team called the Jill, like Jiltinis or something. It's named after a cocktail, isn't it? There's old, old glory DC that like got links to Scotland and that as well. Yeah, there's there's a guy. I think he owns two teams. And I, I'm not sure if he's an Aussie or something like. That. Like he owns two teams, and they're both named after cocktails he's invented. 
nice. Yeah, I've got I've got nothing else to say about that. To be fair. Like, <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to actual some uh, some some rugby. So obviously, I mean, because <clears throat> we've been off for about three weeks, there's obviously been quite a lot of sort of news and things going on in the world. So uh, I'll start off. Uh, with obviously the news that Jake Ball's leaving the Scarlets and moving back to Australia. Um, to be fair, uh, no one could begrudge him. I have seen some people sort of calling him a mercenary and just and getting off and stuff. I think don't people realise? Don't I don't think people realise his situation. He hasn't actually seen his family for a year, and his wife's just had. Well, he must have seen his. his, his <laughs> hasn't <stop>. seen him. <laughs> That's what I read somewhere. They said he hadn't really seen him for a year, but obviously it's probably less time than that. Point. Like he's, <laughs> his wife's had a, a baby two months ago and he hasn't seen him, has he? Yeah. So in fairness, it could be close to a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he hasn't seen his very, family. Very, for a very strong swimmers that have <laughs> gone over the other, to the other side of the world. Yeah. <laughs> or it's not his. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's going back to Australia. Um, his wife lives out there. And I think he's parents live out or her parents live out there so yeah he's leaving it's a big a big loss because I think Jake Ball's been quite good for Wales for uh, a good few years gives us something a little bit different so yeah big loss to Wales big loss to Scarlets but totally understandable um, sort of big news coming out of the Blues my Blues uh, this week John Mulberhill has left the Blues it's been a bit of a farce this week because they had um the press conference lined up for yesterday, which they cancelled. Then they had a press conference today with uh, the sort of caretaker coach and two of the players, and they weren't allowed to answer any questions about Mulberhill or anything that's going on. Um, well, obviously, that's probably what most people want to ask. And then, obviously, in the last few hours, it's been confirmed that Dai Young is the new head coach, which... To be fair, that was a strong room. I think a lot of people were saying that. Anyway, he was out of out of work, um, and he, I mean, he, he's coached Cardiff before. He did pretty well at Wasps. Obviously, didn't end too well there. But I mean, at the moment, he's on a short, short term short term deal, uh, which I can imagine is just to sort of get him through the door. Um, and then I can imagine next season it'll be him and Dwayne Peel running the team. So, yeah, good appointment, and, I think. Really I think it's, I think it's a good appointment. I mean, people think. Someone said to me the other day, he didn't do anything with the Blues, but then they had a semi-final in Europe. They won the Challenge Cup, which is the first Welsh team to win a European tournament. They won a EDF trophy when it was actually a competitive trophy before it went. So I think he's a good coach. Um, hopefully they give him some backing. Tough, obviously, at the moment in the conditions we're in, but I think if you can give him some backing and stuff, he'll do some uh, he'll do something decent. So especially... Especially to appoint him so quickly to have him available. Yeah. Um, good deal. I mean, the other bit of news was. Just with that, I, there was rumours, was it not player power that forced him out? Uh, uh, that's the rumour. The rumour is that player power forced more the hell out. So, yeah, I'd, if that's the case, I ate all that shit, man. Yeah. Same I ate all that. Um, I don't think players. Um, have the right to do that, in my opinion. I mean, if something's going really bad. Obviously, we don't know what's behind the scenes, but I don't like to hear those sort of things. If it's yeah, true, same. if it's true, it's shocking. Um, all they're saying, Cardiff, is for personal reasons. So, 
the truth of that sort of tends to come out six months down the line, don't they? So yeah, we'll sort of wait and see. that the only other bit of news coming out from Cardiff there was um, Alice Jenkins and Josh Navidi. Looks like they'll be fit soon, uh, which is good for Wales, good for the Blues. Um, Alice Jenkins has been out for almost two years now, I think. Such um, a good player as well. Yes, I mean to be fair, it's like it's almost pumped the brakes of them. You've been out for that long. It's going to take him a long time to sort of get back to, if he ever gets back to that level. Because when he was, when he got injured in that game against South Africa, he was unbelievable, unbelievable. And obviously, Josh Davies is, is a great player. And hopefully, he gets a bit of game time. Might see him in the Six Nations. Same again. Don't really want to rush him back if he's because uh, he's been out with concussion problems. Um. Alan Jones, something I read today as well. Alan Jones hopes to be fit for the Six Nations start. Um, to be fair, I mean, Toby Booth said if you ask him, if you ask Alan Wynn, he'll be ready for the Six Nations. But if he hasn't got any game time, he wouldn't have played for a while. So I know it's Alan Jones, but I'm not sure about throwing him back in. Jay Ball's also injured, so he might not start. So mini sort of second row crisis. But at the same time, I think it's time that we need to start looking at some Different players give Rollins more of a chance. Seb Davis, Adam Beard, throw him back in. Um, so there's still options, but I'm not sure about throwing Alan Jones straight back in uh, without any game time. He's 35, isn't he? So, um, and it could be. I think. I think potentially we know it's going to be his last season, but it. I think he might. If the Lions is cancelled, he'll want to play the rest of these games. When he'll want to play every game in the Six Nations to finish. So we'll see on that. Um, other news this week, Jonathan Thomas has been appointed the head coach of Worcester. He was the forwards coach, so he's been promoted. Also, Mark Jones, he's finished with the Crusaders. Uh, it's more down to sort of family issues and visa issues, trying to get into New Zealand. And I think, uh, obviously, I think he wouldn't be able to take his family with him. So he's been appointed. I think he's the defence coach. I think that's, I think to be fair, it was kind of about the blue that, but I think Wales could have used him really. Uh, you see the job, if, if you can do a decent job for the Crusaders, who are probably the best club team in the world. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Wales. We need a defence coach. I thought Gatton Jenkins did a decent job, but. Well, um, he might want a full time job though, mightn't he? Uh, yeah, no, of course he could. Of course, he, I know, you know he's worked with Wales before on a part time basis as a, an attack coach, but. Um, yeah, I just think we could have. Tried. I mean, like you say, they might have asked him. You don't know, do you? So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, good, good for the Worcester Warriors. Uh, they seem to be trying to build something there, um, which obviously we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, Tane Basham, unfortunately, broke his arm and he's going to be out for the season. Very good player. Um, I'm not going to take too long on this, but obviously, anyone who's seen it, Aston Hewitt. Unfortunately, took some horrendous racial abuse. Um, shit house. Absolutely not bad. They wouldn't say it to his face, would they? Yeah, exactly. Fucking, yeah, shit house. It's just, it's just the thing that the thing that they actually posted as well was just vile, mate. Just, just like scum like that, mate. Fuck off. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, just a couple of quick ones. Priestland to the Blues. That rumor seems to be gathering pace. Um, but including that, does that mean Jared Evans is leaving? There's been rumours of Jared Evans going to Worcester as well. Uh, he was rumoured to Gloucester, but I think obviously that's off the 
off the cards now with Hastings going. Um, I would like to see. I'd like to see Evans stay and they sign Priestland. I think I'd be a really good player for him to sort of mentor uh, Jared Evans. Um, you know, I like Jared Evans. I think he's. I think he's a really good player. You know, needs a bit more maturing maybe, but it'd be a big loss if the blue. I don't. I think Priestland's a great signing for the Blues. We're at 34. I think you should be trying to keep Jared Evans as a long-term 10. Um, have they got... Who've they got after Jared Evans? Have they got another youngster in there? No. Yeah, so they've got, you've got Jason Tubby, who's... He's okay. He's a good club man, let's say. And then they signed a, a really good uh, under Wales under-20s player from Worcester, Luke Scully. Um, he looks like a really good player, but he's young. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen... If Priestland came in, you got Priestland and he can mentor Jared Evans and Luke Scully. I think that'd be perfect. I just don't think if you're going to spend the money, I'd rather spend the money on keeping Jared Evans. Yeah. As a long term ten. It's nothing against Priestland. He's a great player, but he's 34. Uh, and I'm sure he's probably going to ask for a decent amount of money, isn't he? So I uh, want to keep hold of. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's kind of gathering pace. Um, videos of uh, Gareth Hanscom running. Yeah, seen um, that. Really good to see. Um, obviously, listen, he's he's a long way away from playing again, but I think uh, there was a few. There was a headline a couple of weeks ago, wasn't there? That basically yeah, seemed to say, done. yeah. I mean, the way they the way they worded it, like most media do, don't they? That was like you know, surgeons say they can't do no more. Um, but you know, uh, great to see. Um, I'd love to see him playing again, but I think it'd be more next season if he does get to, back to playing. And then the last bit from me is just say congratulations to Gerwin Price on winning the World Championship. Uh, played for a few teams in Wales, played for Glasgow Warriors for a bit. Um, it's yeah. dead funny though. Everyone's coming out the woodwork now and saying uh, all these ex-professional rugby players going, oh, when I was when I was playing with him at Cross Keys, he could have been, he, if one of them said he could have been played for Wales and the Lions, if he really, you know, if he really put himself to rugby and all this, that and that. <laughs> He hasn't been saying this like 12 months ago, mate, it's just because he's won a world championship. Is is Arrows a better as a dart, darts player than they were as a hooker anyway? Well, yeah. Well, even he admits, he said, like, I didn't really take it as seriously as I could have done. So, um, if he, he, he thinks he might have been able to do something if he applied himself. You never know, dear. But uh, anyway, congratulations, Gerwin. Well done. First Welsh world darts world champion. PDC. Darts champion, sorry. That's it from me, mate. Uh, right, plenty that, wasn't it? The little news stories I've got, because there was a few other ones that are probably a bit more of a talking point. Mm-hmm. So I'll just go through like the little ones that I've got. Um, so Duhan, obviously signed for Worcester. Uh, Duhan yeah. van der Merwe, gone there. I said, me and you've chatted about it, and I mean, you said like it's a bit, bit disloyal, but I think on the last pod we did, and I, I said, like, at the end of the day, if he'd played bad for Edinburgh, Edinburgh would have got rid of him. So I've got a short career. All the um, um, stuff in the papers now and, and in, in the news about people with, with head injuries and, and dementia and MND and all that from rugby, I have no problem with people chasing a pay, paycheck in, a, in, a, in rugby. Uh, it, it is what it is these days. And if, if that, you know, he's no, I'd say he's no more likely to win a trophy with Worcester, same as Hastings at, Gla- at Gloucester, than he would at Edinburgh. So it's got to be, be for the for, for the money. And I don't begrudge someone. It's a very, very short career. 
and you've got to do what you can to look after your family. So uh, I don't begrudge him at all um, going no. there. And it looks like Worcester are trying to build something. You know, they brought Mark Jones in uh, as well, you know, links with Jared Evans. So it looks like they are trying to put some money in there and, and see what happens. The, the, their owners, their owners, I think he's, he's pretty minted, to be fair. Like so, He probably uh, sees this as an opportunity because some of the clubs won't be able to bring these types of players in at the moment because they're skint. And if he's got decent amount of money, which he will have, the owner, you know, he yeah. could actually put some money in and, and make Worcester, you know, a better, stronger team. But you, you just wait to happen, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I, I actually call him a mercenary. Well, I said it was kind of mercenary mm. the way he done it. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people online because obviously everyone online's right. A lot of mm. Scottish fans who aren't happy about it either, really. I think more people. That, that, I think if Duan hadn't been capped for Scotland, people wouldn't bat an eyelid. He'd be like, "Oh, we've just we've just lost a really good player." Um, I think it's because it seems. I agree with you. I mean, short career, especially with what's going on now. No one knows how long this COVID's going to go. Um, there's a lot of things, obviously, with the head injuries. I think if, if he hadn't been capped for Scotland and he was just an, another South African, I don't think people would be bothered. It was interesting, something I didn't realise, but I, I found out the other day. Cockrell put a lot in, put a lot of faith into him because he actually failed his medical at Edinburgh. That's right, yeah. Well, knee and so he's yeah, put a lot of faith into him and stuff. So, I, I, in a perfect world, yeah. Listen, I do think I do think it's a bit mercenary. I do think it would have been nice for him to stick around. Um. But I, you know, I see it the other side as well. You know what I mean? Um, you can't begrudge anyone if he's going to get paid three hundred grand a year. So, so say, I mean, obviously, I don't know the numbers. I know he's, they've said three hundred grand a year at Worcester. But what if Edinburgh only offered him two hundred grand a year? Yeah, 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 yeah. How can you begrudge that? That's not mercenary. Yeah. That's looking after your family. Yeah. Mm, but anyway, yeah, we don't know the numbers exactly. So no, no. And he won't. He won't be on three hundred grand because every player's took a pay cut. I don't know if that's going to be the same next season, isn't it? But every every player in the Premiership's had to take a pay cut, so uh, we'll wait to see on that. Um, just stick with uh, Worcester a little bit then. So, Dunkey Weir, more links to Glasgow. So, he was on the uh, rugby pod. He had a conversation and he, he more or less admitted <laughs> that he wants to go to Glasgow and uh, hopefully more positive talks will happen in the next week and, uh, you know, and a decision will be made then. So, it looks like he's off to to Glasgow, which obviously will help with their 10 issues. Um, they haven't really got a, a, an established 10, especially now that Hastings is off to Gloucester. Um, who else? What else have I got after that? Um, Hamish Watson. Quite... Oh, go on, mate. Oh, yes. no, I was just going to say, it was quite funny, the rugby pod, because you had, like, Donkey Way basically saying, I'd love to go back. I've pretty much been talking, but I can't say that. And then Andy Goo basically... Basically telling everyone that Will Rollins is going the Dragons, yeah. but he couldn't he couldn't confirm it. But he was like, "Yeah, yeah it's just something I've heard." Even though he's yeah. got something to do with what. Uh, yeah, so Hamish Watson, he's extended his stay at uh, Edinburgh. So that's really really good news with the like exodus of uh, rugby player of Scottish players from uh, the Scottish teams. Seeing uh, like a player, world class player like Hamish Watson, extend at Edinburgh is a really good thing, especially as he was linked to. Racing, and I imagine they'd have been throwing some money at him. So I imagine Edinburgh have probably had to pay a fair bit of money to get Watson to stay. I think he said like he's been at Edinburgh since he was 18, 19. His family's all settled there, so he said it was a no-brainer. So that's that's good news for Edinburgh and Scottish rugby. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think with the Hamish Watson thing, you say he's 29, isn't he? So obviously he, he's in his prime, but, you know, at the same time, he's going over that curve, isn't he? Um, I also think he's had he's had a few injuries, hasn't he? He's had a few knee injuries, hasn't he, I think? Definitely yeah. hasn't played as much as as much as his talent sort of would like to. Um, and I think that probably play, played a bit of a, a role in it. it well I think it's the same with, yeah, yeah, that's the same with like Alan Jones and Tipperick and stuff, is they could probably go, they, you know, they could probably double the money in some sense. He probably could have doubled his money. I don't know how much Edinburgh paid him, but, I, you know, I can imagine they'd probably double it at a Racing or a French team. Um, but he would have to play every game. He, you know, they get the money's worth, don't they? So I think, like you said, I think, the family thing, but I also think because he has had injuries, Edinburgh do look after him. Um, it's probably perfect for him, isn't it? Um, and I think I think it's good to see to see someone sign, like you said. You, uh, Richard Cockle did uh, an interview, didn't he? Saying, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. Some people will sign, and some people will renew. So yeah, great, great for Edinburgh. It's exactly what they need. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so that was that's it in terms of like. The news that was quick, but then obviously we've got things that you I've come you mentioned or have I mentioned it previously saying about the Lions. Yeah, so yeah, so we've got we've got there's no point in sort of talking about the Lions in the news because obviously there's some meat on the bone for it, isn't there? So uh, and obviously uh, Brian Lott, our mate Bry, big fan of the show. He asked us about to talk about our opinions on the Lions. Um obviously there's a lot of talk at the moment with Obviously, COVID seems to be affecting South Africa quite a lot, um, and obviously, it's affecting affecting us here uh, in the UK quite badly as well. So, obviously, the question I think the question everyone wants to know is is, is will it happen? Um, and then, I think the I think the people who run the Lions um, are going to make a decision in the next couple of weeks, I believe, or they're going to at least talk about it in the next couple of weeks. Um, I mean, because obviously it could affect the Six Nations. Um, I know this someone from the Six Nations said you know, they're planning on to run the fixtures um, as they are from the start of February. Um, me personally, I, I don't think it will happen. Um, what, you don't think the Six Nations will happen? I don't think the Lions will happen. Um, I don't think the Lions will happen. Um <sighs> Yeah, I mean, the alter- I'll, I'll go for the alternatives and then we can talk about them. So, obviously, one of the alternatives is uh, cancel the tour till 2022 um, and sort of play the Six Nations in the summer when they hopefully might be able to have fans by then with, obviously, um, the vaccine and, and everything going on. It's, you know, if they, get, they might play it in sort of June, end of June, July. So, you're talking six, maybe seven months down the line. Um maybe playing the tour at home, having a home tour um, and spreading the games around all the different stadiums. Although I did hear they were, one of the plans was Millennium Stadium, one in Wembley and one in Twickenham. Doesn't make sense to me, that one in Wembley. Um, but we'll talk about that. And then another one I see, which was quite interesting, and it was someone that just someone made up, that actually the Lions could tour France and play France in a th- three-game test and the South Africans... Um, could also play French teams and the Lions could play French teams midweek as well um, so yeah a lot to discuss um, 
So uh, let's say it doesn't happen. Let's just say it's not going to happen, yeah? What would you prefer? What would you like to see? So, yeah, um, so I, like, so just with the Six Nations, it's four weeks away. I don't think it will change. I think the Six Nations will happen as it is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> with that. Um, so I, I like, uh, I listen to the BBC Rugby Pod, uh, Rugby Union Weekly, and um Ugo, wasn't Ugo? Was it Ugo? Yeah, Ugo and Chris Ashton both said about the home, home uh, six and eight, uh, home. Yeah. Line. So I quite like the idea of that. Um, if I'm honest, um, like with midweek games and and things like that, um, I've got, I thought it'd be quite all right. Um, you know, they could play, um, the midweek fixtures. They could play against club teams or whatever. I'm, I'm happy with that personally. Um, if you move the um, Lions to 2022. I think that'll have a big impact on teams preparing for the Rugby World Cup in 23. So that's why I don't think 22 is a, a goer, but it but it could be. And it's all right delaying it to 2022. Who knows what's going to be around in 2022? You know, it gets delayed again, uh, possibly, hopefully, obviously not. Um, but yeah. Um, so for me, my my thing would be Six Nations as normal. Uh, if they can't do a Lions tour in the summer to South Africa, bring South Africa over here and do it in the UK. I get South Africa lose money, like they don't get the financial support that they would normally. But, you know, there's a risk that they get no financial thing out of it if the Lions tour doesn't happen full stop. At least this way, they could give some profit from the ticket sales, the test matches and, and whatever um, to, to South Africa and do it that way. Uh, and it's also more sport to look forward to in the summer. At least something's actually happening. Um, yeah, so that's my kind of take on it. Um, I get South, uh, a Lions tour is going to New Zealand, Australia or South Africa. But, you know, in the, the current climate of things, you know, you, you, you do what you can. And if, if that's what they can do and make to make it happen, then I'm happy with that personally. Yeah, so... Like I say, me, me personally, I don't think the Lions will be going to South Africa. I mean, I said that before, didn't I? I don't think they'll go to South Africa. Um, listening to the rugby pod, and it's, it's probably one time that I, I generally I generally would agree with quite a lot that uh, Goody and Jim Allen say. To be fair, I actually think they're quite quite decent, but I actually disagree with them on, on what they said. And with you, uh, they said, you know, we can't do a home tour. It's not great. Lions is about going over to these countries. Um, it's about touring. Um, you know, if it was over here, tickets might be £200. Um, you know, people say they can't afford to go over there, but that's one of them things. It's not one of them things. I mean, nothing's normal at the moment, is it? Nothing no, exactly. is normal. Um, and listen, in a perfect world, yeah, you know, I'd love to be going over to South Africa. I think there's, I think they said there's 30,000 people that have already paid to sort of go on them, the sort of pre-planned trips. Um and, you know, I, I've actually spoke to a couple of people who've been on Lions trips and they said it's the best best thing they've ever done. Um, but we're not talking about, we're not talking about a normal a normal time, are we, at the moment? And I, I completely agree with you. I, I'll be honest, when I seen the the, the, the the itinerary someone did for tour in France and doing a three-test tour against France, I was actually like proper interested in that. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, there were midweek games against like Racing and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, like, I just thought, like, that was kind of cool. Uh, South Africa can't come. Um, it just, yeah, it appealed to me, to be honest. France are very good at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, um, no, agreed, and, yeah. And they'd be well up for it, wouldn't they? You can imagine France trying to tear into the best of 
of the British that absolutely love it, wouldn't they? So, yeah. but I completely agree with you. Um, I think it'd be a brilliant if the Lions could tour here. Uh, imagine if you, I, I would pay £200 to go to a test match. Well, we paid on how much we paid for our tickets. Well, yeah, we paid we paid quite a bit for the the, the Japan game, haven't we? So, yeah. um, but you know, I think people like Goody and stuff are seeing it the wrong way. Imagine if you could play, if you could say we went to watch them in the Millennium Stadium, just out of it, right? You could be one of like seventy odd thousand people who might not ever see them again. That could be completely one off. Yeah. What what a thing to say that you've done. Um, I, I just think it'd be great if it you know if we can get South Africa over here sort of get them isolating and things like that. Like, they can go and play club teams. Um, you could still play, I mean, Selfish. Obviously, we got a ticket for the Lions Jap- Japan game, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, so, for selfish reasons, I'd like them to, you know, that game to still be on. Um, you know, South Africa could play, um, I was looking at their itinerary and they could play Japan. They were saying about playing Japan and things like that, weren't they? But if Japan couldn't come over, maybe South Africa could play you know, Wales, a Wales team, obviously Sean of some of the players or a Scotland team um, on top of that. So it's like double jeopardy and we get to watch South Africa versus a sort of Wales team or a Scotland team, an Ireland team. And, yeah, I think then, and you've got like Georgia and things like that, that you yeah, know, the tier two nations that could come and play them and stuff yeah, like that. So. Yeah, of course. And I just think... Like Georgia, I mean, I, I mean, like you could have it as one of the warm-ups, whatever, but Georgia getting to play against the British Lions, you know, what an opportunity for them. Yeah, Granted, the yeah. British Lions would probably run over them, but still, you know, for these Georgian players, that puts them on the map a little bit as well. Do you know what I mean? Of course. The exposure, exposure for that. Would be, because people around the world would watch that. People around the world watch that. You know, the, yeah. the Lions is an institution. Um, and I agree with you, yeah. I, I'd love to see it. I would love to see it at home. If that's the safest, um, best way to do it, and like you said, leaving it to twenty twenty two, you know, you're saying, you know, potentially, you know, no one knows what's going to happen. It might not happen, might it? It might be worse. Fingers crossed. Touch wood, everything. It doesn't happen. So yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to see it at the home tour. And I, like you said, I don't agree with someone writing down Millennium Stadium, Twickenham, and Wembley. That's a bit, Wembley's a bit silly. I know they're just trying to get on a big stadium, aren't they? But um, I think... Well, the, the, that, and that wouldn't be the case. Anyway. You think like the British Lions is owned by the four unions, so... Yeah. There'd be a fourth test. It might not be Lions South Africa, but it'd be Lions against another international yeah. team. I mean, I, I, you can imagine it'll stick with, say, if Japan were coming over. It'd be Lions versus Japan at Murrayfield, wouldn't it? And then you might yeah. have a test, test it. Uh, Millennium, Twickenham, and the Aviva. Oh, the Aviva, yeah, sorry. Yeah, oh, Croke. Croke's yeah. big. The Aviva. Do you know what I mean? So I think those are the three biggest stadiums, aren't they? Nothing against Warrifield. Warrifield's a great stadium. But yeah. if Warrifield gets the, the Japan game, then you put the test there. And then Murrayfield could still get a South Africa game, couldn't they? Yeah, exactly. South Africa versus whoever, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They could still get, you know, they could have like, uh, you know, Edinburgh or combined Edinburgh and Glasgow or, you know, whatever, you know, so Murrayfield could still get money. And I think they were talking that, you know, it'd be 50-50. And the other thing about taking it to 2022 is you've got to get all the the rugby unions to agree to this, agree to change it. I can't imagine Eddie Jones being too happy about that. Can you? you know what I mean? no, they've got, uh, like, that's a big, that's a year out from the World Cup. Yeah, no one's yeah. going to want to give players to that. And then if you're yeah. playing a Lions tour as well, you're only allowed mm-hmm. to play a certain amount of matches that next year. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you basically have a Lions tour. You probably have five or six weeks off. You'll end up having a game or two, and then you'll go into the autumn internationals, won't you? Yeah. And then I, so, I don't think you're allowed to play all like the international games, are you? You only have to play a certain amounts. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we're both in agreement on that. I'm, I'm glad you agreed. Yeah, but I'd love a home tour, me. Selfish reasons as well, because we've got a ticket for the Japan game, haven't we? So, um, yeah, I just think that would be kind of unique, unique in history as well. Of course, it wouldn't be a normal tour. You know, everyone would like to see him. You know, I'd like him to see him to go to South Africa. I just don't think it'll happen. I mean, hopefully, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. That's when they've been talking about, but. And the same again, I think Six Nations, they're going to play February, aren't they? You'd prefer it to be played in the summer, though, wouldn't you? It would suit, yeah, me, because then I could get home for some of the games. <laughs> yeah. I'm not back until uh, middle end of March. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to watch the games on TV out here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be, be able to go to any live games. Uh, to be fair, April for, for, onwards. from the rumours going around here, mate, nothing's opening up till March anyway, so I'll, I'll be watching every game in the... Uh, in the gaff anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there you go, Brian. There's our answer for the Lions. Let us know, actually, once you've listened to this, Brian, let us know what your thoughts are. Um. Right, okay, so. Brian the Violet. Violet. Big Ginge. Big Ginge. <laughs> Boss is Brian. Boss is Brian. <laughs> Emotion. Um, right, okay, so moving on from Ginger Brian. Um, so obviously there was uh, during uh, Christmas there was the announcement of the Rainbow Cup. Um, so obviously this is basically the way of I think there's two reasons. It's a way of getting the South Africans in to make a Pro 16, uh, which we all know we all pretty much knew was going to happen next season. Uh, but I think this is a way of getting them in, and it's a way of the South Africans getting a bit of game time if a Lions tour goes ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of affects the, the Pro 14. Basically, is is. I mean, I think we've both said, haven't we, that it, it's it's really what a bit of a nothing competition this year. But I think it's even more of a nothing competition now. Uh, so the Pro 14 has been affected as basically now there's not going to be a top four, so there's going to be no semi-finals. It's literally a top team in each conference. Probably Ulster and Leinster are just going to play a final now. And then after that, obviously, they'll go into this Rainbow Cup. And uh, I think it's going to be two two conferences. Um, split the teams up. Two South Africans in each team. And then I think there will be semi-finals and a final. Uh, probably should have read up on that. But um, Interesting. What, what, what's your thoughts about it? Um, so, I thought... From kind of because obviously from a Glasgow Edinburgh point of Edinburgh point of view, they've been shite this season. So um, I don't really like, they're not going to qualify for top three probably both teams. So I don't mind that it's kind of like going to end up being a bit of a nothing season because as you'll as we'll chat about in a bit, come to the game this weekend, you know Glasgow have decided to take a bit of a risk and put some youth in there. Would they have done that if you know they were genuine contenders for a top three spot and it was going to go still go that way? Possibly not. So, I see it's a good chance now for Glasgow and Edinburgh to develop some youth, knowing that this season is a bit of a write-off, and then aim for this uh, Rainbow Cup or, or whatever it's called, and um, and see how they're doing that. But it's an opportunity to blood some, some young people now. So, 
this like, I agree with you. Like this season is a bit of a write-off now, for the with the exception of probably Leinster and Ulster, um, and then yeah, take it into the Rainbow Cup and see what happens there. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent with you, mate. Hundred percent. Um, I think, like, I mean, I've just said it. I did. I do think the season was a bit of a write-off beforehand, complete write-off now. Um, Welsh regions, bit, bit like the Scottish, have been pretty poor. I say pretty poor, been really poor, been sort of sporadic performances. I mean, the Scarlets beating Bath in Europe was big. Um, but as the league goes, yeah, I, I'm more than I think I said to you before we started the podcast, I'm more than happy for the Welsh teams to sort of keep the Welsh internationals ticking over and, and to keep blooding some of the youngsters. I think there's some some cracking cracking youngsters coming through for Wales. Um, I've said it before, I think Wales might suffer for a couple of years. Um, but I think some of the talent coming through, um, I don't think we need to be worried. You know, long term, I think we've got plenty of players, and they need to have chances to play. You know, uh, if you look look at a player, just an example. So if you look at Yo, someone like Yoan Lloyd or Louis Samet, you know, we're all talking about them, but we're talking about them because they're playing. You know, they're, they're getting a lot of game time at Bristol and Gloucester, aren't they? Um, yeah. And I think probably the same for Glasgow, Edinburgh, you know, and all the regions. Give these guys time to play now, like you say. Uh, you might take a couple of thumpings, um, but they'll they'll learn more from that than sort of five minutes at the end of a game or not even playing. Um, sort of playing playing 18, 18 rugby. What's the Scotland one called? Super Six? Yeah. Yeah, so you've got yeah, Super Six, which, which probably is really good for developing, but it's nowhere near as good as playing, you know, some full professional rugby is it against international class players so yeah I mean I'm interested in the Rainbow Cup Um, I think I mean I think the South African teams are going to do pretty good I'm interested to see sort of the Bulls and Stormers and the Sharks playing Leinster and Ulster and sort of the the decent teams I suppose the thing with it though at the moment is teams teams are going to be expected to travel to South Africa and that's just Probably not going to happen. Well, I mean, the other thing I've got written down in my notes with a big question mark is, will it go ahead now? Yeah. We were talking about the Lions not touring. Um, yeah, we're talking about the Lions not touring. Who says this is going to happen? Yeah. I think the only way this would happen would be for the South African players to come over, isolate, isolate. play all the games away. Play all the games, yeah. Yeah, yeah just just unfortunately have, have sort of a way field there. Uh, and that's why I think the tour might, the Lions tour might be at home because it's, yeah. I mean, they could come and play that and go straight into a South Africa camp, couldn't they? I know they'd be away from their families for a long time, uh, which would be tough. Um, and they, they didn't want to do that in Australia, did they? Um, but I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, it points to everything having a Lions tour at home, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if you think they're going to play this, I think they start it. April time, don't they? April, May time. 14th of April, 17th yeah. of April, I want to say. And I think it, it'll probably run till start of June, maybe. We're in it middle of June, maybe. And then they yeah. could go straight into a South Africa camp, couldn't they? Yeah, 17th of April. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, winners, uh, finals, 19th of June. Uh, so, yeah, could go straight into a South Africa camp, couldn't they? For the players sticking around, the other players could go home, so. Yeah. To be fair, the Rainbow Cup point does make more sense for a home Lions tour, to be fair. So, yeah, interesting. I think the Welsh regions will get snotted. Um, 
The South African teams are pretty strong. I mean, they've lost quite a few players to Edinburgh. Because <laughs> uh, they, they signed another South African prop, didn't they, to replace uh, Batty on it. Batty went to Bath, yeah. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Interesting. I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm overly excited about it. I'm just happy. You know, I'll, I'll be happy if there's some decent rugby to watch, to be fair. I love watching live sport, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about our, our sort of games that happened uh, last weekend. Uh, you know, just want to see some decent rugby, don't we? So hopefully the South Africans uh, bring that over. Uh, right, OK. So, yeah, we'll move on now to oh, Pro 14. <laughs> um, you sound enthusiastic for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it was pretty, pretty dire, wasn't it? If we're honest, did you get to see any of those games, the regions games? Uh, I saw bits and pieces, but not a lot. Yeah, so you're lucky. Um, yeah. Highlights package would probably be better because it probably lasts for about thirty seconds. Yeah. Now, in fairness, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about the games on Boxing Day. Um, they were absolute dire. So one thing I was looking forward to Boxing Day, sitting down, eating food, drinking beer all day, watch a couple of games. Massively disappointed. Uh, but yeah, we'll start with. Um, do I start with the Wales game? Yeah, yeah. Start with them, mate. Yeah, happy with that. First game was the Scarlets versus the Dragons. Um, Scarlets winning twenty points to three. Pretty poor game. Um, you know, when when one of the big talking points of the game is Nigel Owens forgetting to bring his cards onto the pitch, that's mm-hmm. everything, doesn't it, really? Um, went went to Simbin, someone and realised he didn't have his card. So, yeah, I mean, poor game. I mean, there was a lot of injuries. I think six, six players went off before half-time. Um, that includes Jake Ball, Tane Basham, as I spoke about before. Um, a few things I'll say. I mean, the Scarlets were missing players. Any team sort of missing 18 players. I mean, it's still a pretty decent team out, but any team missing 18 players is going to is, is going to struggle. But, yeah, I mean, Callum Afoni looks like the sign of the season, to be fair. Looks unbelievable for the Scarlets. I, don't, I wonder what they would do without his carrying. And then, although we like we like to big up a, we like to big up talent in Wales, but Sam Costello came on, scored a pretty decent try. <laughs> looks like... Uh, Looks like a really impressive player. So, um, yeah, really poor, really bad. Uh, expect more from, from the Scarlets. I mean, the, the Dragons' back, back row was very good, really strong. Harrison Keddy starting to show a bit more of his potential that he had uh, when he won the Grand Slam for the Wales under-20s. Wayne Wright, Tane Basham went off, unfortunately. Um, Do you think that Tompkins is hanging out for the season to end so he can go back to Saracen. Yeah, he looks he looks a bit disinterested, doesn't he? Um I think he's I think he, he's got a standard, hasn't he? The Saracen standard sort of thing. I'm not sure it's the same there. I know the Welsh coaches asked him to put some some weight on, some size on. I don't I, I think it might have slowed him down a bit. He looks dead lethargic. Yeah. Or it's interested. Uh, either way, um, I think Tompkins. If you'd have put Tompkins in the Scarlets team, 
Or if you put him in a Blues or Ospreys team, I think it'd be different. I think he'd be decent for Scarlets. I think he probably would be better for Dragons when Jamie Roberts plays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing as well is the Dragons sort of invariably get beat up front as well, don't they? Which is not always good for a back. Yep, so moving on, you've got the Blues versus Ospreys game. Uh, Ospreys winning. Wow, I forgot to write down the score, which is always Um, good. 3-17. 317. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, Blues are the home team. Yeah. Blues were playing at the Cardiff City Stadium first time in a a few years. Yeah. Another poor game. You (laughs) won't be shocked to hear me say that. Uh, Blues, yeah. Blues were really, really poor. Discipline was bad. There are three players simbined. Um, Dan Lydiate could have seen red. He did get a yellow. He could have seen red for a, a sort of offend, but it was an elbow to sort of upper chest throat it was a bit of controversy because they thought the, the tackle was high as well and that was a reason um, but yeah just like another poor game I mean there's, there's two things that stood out there is a young hooker called uh, Ifan Phillips he was really really good uh, scored a try really good line out really good in the loose scrummaging was very good um, hopefully he can you know, he might be one for the future. Um, seems to be a pretty decent player. Obviously, time will tell. And the other player was George North. George North looks really good. <laughs> he's played, in fairness, the last few games he's played for the Ospreys has been has been fantastic, to be fair. And I think I, I, I said it. I mean, I know, obviously, um, a lot of people are, sort of a bit down on George North and in fairness, in fairness he's been picked up for Wales when he's been probably way out of form hasn't he and yeah. injuries have gone against him but I mean I remember I said you know, it could be the best thing for him to go back and play for the Ospreys get a bit of confidence up play you know play a bit of club rugby and it seems to have worked he looks hungry um, he looks quick he looks powerful um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's, if he's starting for Wales on the wing in our first game against Ireland um, uh, and the Six Nations, yeah, it was really good. Uh, you really... know, I think the Ospreys, so we chatted about um, when Ospreys signed Myler and you were yeah. like, well, I'm not sure. And I was like, good. Obviously, you admit you agreed with me, good pro, but you were like, I'm not sure. If you're, but I think you're a better team when he plays 10. Or, sorry, I think they're a better team when he plays 10. Um, yeah, because there the are other options they've got. Um, uh, uh, kids, youngsters. They are, but the way he controls the game. I know. Listen, perfect for the young tens to be watching. He must be like he must be for them, like someone they must be like. We can learn off him. He's kicking. He's kicking off the tees. Brilliant. And I think, yeah, I mean, he's come in. I think it helps that you know Toby Booth likes him. I think Toby Booth's worked with him. Um, so I think that's helped him. Um. My my point was, I thought the Ospreys could have been a bit more adventurous um, in a way. Um, yeah, but I mean, he's doing he's doing a job, isn't he? He's doing a job. Yeah. The Ospreys the Ospreys uh, look a lot better than they did last season. And last season they looked like an amateur team. I think this season they've looked a lot better. Yeah, he probably does have a calming influence on them. Um, you know, I think I think that's helped. They've had. Um, Young scrum off, Ruben Morgan Williams. He's been really good. He was really good at under twenties, and now he's finally getting a, a chance. He's looked really good. It's probably helped that he has got 
sort of an old dad at 10, probably talking to him as well. So, yeah, he's, he's turned out to be a good signing. You know, I mean, I was, I was critical because I thought they could have been a bit more adventurous. You know, maybe in the climate with money and stuff, he was probably perfect getting a 35-year-old. He's probably not on mega, mega money, is he? No. Um, so, you know, Ospreys are looking better this season. It's good to see. Um, you know, Blues. I mean, Jason Tubby, I have said before, he's a good club man, but I don't think he's sort of going to take you forward. Luke Scully came on, looked all right. Um, I think the Blues, they got, if they got, if they could get a few decent more forwards, they've got a lot of sevens. Um, they need some beef in the pack. Like to see some beef in the pack. They got some good youngsters, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, we spoke about Mulverhill. Were the players happy? We don't know. That's going to come out in the future, but yeah, they might be now. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, they're playing the Scarlets this weekend. It wouldn't shock you. It happens to a lot of teams, innit? They sack the coach and the, the players come out and have a blinder, don't they? Yeah. Get rid of the coach and players come out with a blinder. So, yeah, they've had a few injuries, but, you know, some of the players just aren't stepping up. Interesting to, interesting to, to say, uh, of all the regions this weekend that played last weekend, none of them were playing with the first choice fly-off. And I don't think any... I think it's only Cardiff Blues who've played with their first-choice fly-off this season. Is that maybe why they're not playing the best rugby? They haven't got the well, potentially. I mean, potent, I mean, Dan Jones is a good is a, a good club man, but Reese Patchell's a better player than him. He's a more creative player than him. Um, Ospreys, yep, you've got a nice standard player, but would they be better with Anscombe? I think they'd be more attacking with Anscombe. Um... I mean, it, it, uh, I got that wrong. The Dragons have had Sam Davis, haven't they? And then yeah. the Blues have had Jared Evans, but even Jared Evans has had a few injuries this season. So it's something to think about. In the, uh, it's, it's lucky that sort of Bigger and Sheedy are playing for Bristol and Northampton, isn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, otherwise, Wales might have a, a few issues at 10. So, yeah, I mean, listen, overall, a pretty piss-poor weekend of rugby. You know, with nothing to play for, no threat of relegation. I know the weather's been hasn't been great and stuff, but uh, this weekend, I like to think the teams have took enough criticism, whether they listen to it or not, which I'm sure they do. Uh, I'd like to see them just throw the ball around a bit. Do you know what I mean? Just it's too much shitty kicking. I mean, we'll talk about that in, in and obviously in the uh, in the Edinburgh game. Uh, every game. I mean, there was a few. If you look at the Premiership, there's a few decent games there. To be fair, and they've got relegation, haven't they? You know, some of them game. Bristol probably scored one of the best tries that wasn't given of the season. Unfortunately, it was unbelievable. Just a, one of the offloads was a bit forward, but yeah, I just want to see a bit more uh, with nothing to play for. You know, just throw the ball around. Have a go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall disappointing, disappointing. But it it is what it is. <laughs> I'm used to it now. I mean, to be, one last point, sorry, before I, 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 we go on to the um, the Edinburgh-Glasgow um, game. I can I actually feel sorry for Pivac because people give him shit. But if he, these players are playing like that and then going into the Wales camp, he's he's trying to he's trying to get them to play. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're not even doing it at club level. They're not doing it at club level. So, you know, you can't expect it to turn it on at international level. Uh, so I actually feel a bit for him so yeah anyway we'll move on to they played Sunday didn't they 
Was it Sunday? Saturday. They played Saturday. That's at the Welsh Games played Friday, didn't they? That's right, yeah. My bad, yeah. So, obviously, uh, Saturday night, wasn't it? Saturday night. Yeah. Edinburgh-Glasgow. It was another... Another beautiful, another beautiful game, wasn't it? Yeah, so uh, Bertie asked if it's the best. One of the lads on Twitter, Bertie, he asked if it's the best uh, Glasgow yeah, Edinburgh yeah, game Bertie. So the, so the answer is definitely no. Um, it's not the best uh, Glasgow Edinburgh game I've ever watched. But they do tend to um, be a bit flat anyway. They always uh, fail to deliver. Um, I didn't think it was like, when there was nil-nil at half-time, I didn't think it was like the worst nil-niller I'd ever seen. But it was still not great. Um you know, and it was just uh, basic errors, handling, kicking the ball away, no one really taking ownership. Um, and it was just, I mean, I thought like for Glasgow trying to be positive, I think that defensively, it was like they, they fronted up quite well defensively, which I was quite impressed with because they can be a bit soft around the edges, uh, Glasgow. And there was a couple of times, particularly in the first half, where Edinburgh really had them under the cosh and they, they stood firm and, and defended really, really well. Um, and but and from but Edinburgh they, they lack that little bit of cutting cutting edge. I'll, as much as I want to go into the Matt Scott debate again, I'll I'll try and refrain. But you he, got him over the, he got him over the game line and uh, and he, he had clean breaks. Him and Duan, you know, Duan's clean breaks have gone so far down this season. Um, you know, and and I just think that. Their centres aren't doing the jobs for the wingers. You know, Duan and Darcy Graham hardly even get a touch of the ball a lot of the time now. Um, and they're like two of the most exciting players that Edinburgh have got. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a bit of a, a drab affair. It was one in the forwards, uh, Edinburgh's forwards. You know, they 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 won it. I thought Glasgow forwards did do well. They fronted up, but in the end, it was it was the forwards that that probably won the battle. Can, um, can I just ask? Sorry, yeah. I know I interrupt loads of people, obviously, but yeah. did did you not think? Glasgow was so lucky not to have a prop in the bin. Yeah, they probably were. Yeah, they were. Yeah, and they, they got warned and it happened again. But then the usual thing happened. Then Glasgow won a pen, and it was just like there's no chance. It's like a reset, then. Isn't yeah, it? it's just like no chance. So they did. Fair, it might it might have made the game better, mightn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I thought that like the prop. It was uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. The um, Pacific Islander. I can't remember his name. But he, uh, yeah, it would have been him that went. Sa- Sayuli or something, was it? Yeah. Xander Ferguson was, was very good, I thought. Uh, Richie Gray, very good. And the line out was unbelievable. Uh, but both line outs were pretty shit. But uh, Richie Gray was superb in the line out. Very, very good. Um, uh, who else? Who else? Like, unfortunately for Brandon Thompson, you know, again, he failed to deliver. Oh, Missed a very, kick. very easy kick again. Um, I feel a bit sorry for him because, um, you know, if, you, if you're not playing well, you're not playing well, you know. And that, he's been that played this week for a young lad as well. That played into the rest of the game, though, didn't it? Because Ryan Wilson yeah. ended up going to the corner a lot, didn't he? Or taking yeah. the drums. So, yeah, and, and, and Ali Price tap, did a quick tap when it was like a one that was you would normally think was kickable. He did a tap and go. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, knocked so, off like, yeah, so I mean, it was it was frustrating. There was a severe lack of creativity, um, which I suppose is to be expected. You know, there's no like Glasgow and Edinburgh now. I mean, so Adam Hastings isn't there, but like Finn Russell's gone, Stuart Hogg's gone. You know, a creative player like Hutch, uh, Rory Hutchinson plays for you know plays in England. Chris Harris plays in England. Matt Scott plays in England. You know, these are all guys that can like either like have a line break or they like Hutch, Hutchinson's a very good passer. 
So you know what Finn Russell can do and Hoggy can do. And they all play outside of um, outside of Scotland now. And if you look at the centres for that was and, and and the tens, I suppose you look at Jacko, very much a controlling kind of kicking ten. Thompson for Glasgow, just unfortunately not a very good ten. Um, and then the centres were Grigg and Johnson for uh, Glasgow and Bennett and Dean. Now Bennett defended very very well, and if he gets space, he's obviously he can be electric. Probably not as quick as he was because of his injuries, but Johnson. As good as he's been for Scotland, he's he's off form at the moment, and the problem is he's got no pace. Um, Grig, you know, he's like, a, he's, he's, he's built like probably a, a little wrecking ball, but and he he's probably got a bit, but he's not he's not like he's not rapid. Do you know what I mean? He's not quick. Um, Christine, he's a good, he's a solid twelve, he's a, but he's not quick. You know, um, Bennett didn't get any ball to do anything, and they didn't get the ball out to the wingers like like a. Um, Duhan or a Darcy Graham or um, or like Lee Jones uh, for for um, Glasgow. So like it was just I don't know. It was just it was a bit boring. It was there was no creativity. There was no spark. There was no pace. And uh, and that for me like I think like um, Glasgow's problem is the centres. There's just no pace there. Um, you know, so if they it's almost like if they did make a line break, you'd catch them easy enough. I mean, the only time they really did anything is when. Um, Hugh Jones got the ball. I'm literally and, uh, about to say it. Unbelievable break that he made. But there was like no one up there supporting him. Yeah, well. No one could catch, like, no one catch him. Um, I'd that's... still love to. He's playing at 15 this week. And I'd love to see him have a, have a, have a go at 13. But obviously, that's that's not the case. Um, and I just think, like, the centres at the moment, you know, the solid centres. I'm not disputing that at all. They're good players. But I just don't think there's much pace there. Mark Bennett's quick, obviously. But you know he was very much on defensive duty uh, this week and defended very very well. I got man of the match, I think. Uh, Mark Bennett and did defend very very well. But yeah, it was a frustrating game. Um, I imagine it'll be something similar this weekend with the weather and stuff as well. But you know, I'm looking forward to the game this weekend because there's some young players playing. Um, you know, it's an opportunity for a few people to to shine as well and try and rid the memory of the game I watched on Saturday. Yeah, so I mean, I, I was just about you, you got there in the end because I was, I thought you're not even going to say at all about Hugh Jones's break. So, Hugh oh, Jones's great, break, class, wasn't it? Yeah, but so that's him with the ball in hand, isn't it? You get, give him the ball in hand, and he'll, you know, he can do something. He, he came in second play. receiver a few times as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's good though because you want to see him with the ball in hand, but you make, I'm yeah. with you. I just think God, you look at that break and you just think. If he was doing that on the out, on the outside with a winger with him, oh, just it, I think he'd get more of the ball at thirteen. I mean, uh, listen, you don't know whether Townsend spoke to Danny Wilson as a lot of coaches do and go, listen, oh, he's, I, I want to see what he's like at fifteen. Can you play him at fifteen, please? I know there isn't that many fifteens at Glasgow, is there? But there's got to be some young kid who might be able to play fifteen. Well, Glenn, 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 I think Glenn Bryce. I mean, he's twenty nine. He, I mean, I think. I don't think he deserved. I like Hugh Jones better than Glenn Bryce, but Glenn Bryce has played quite well. I don't think he deserved to be dropped. But he's obviously he was he signed for that Giltini's team that you're saying yeah. he's going there in the summer. Glenn Bryce, which I think is a shame because I think he's done well. But um, yeah, he's done really well. Play, play, but play a fullback at fullback and play Hugh Jones in his best position, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I know it's tough. I mean, obviously they fancy Nick Grigg. I texted you, didn't I? There was a shot of Nick Grigg and it could have been the angle. He looked like a prop. I've seen props that look better than him. And obviously he's fit. Listen, he's fit. He's a professional rugby player, and he? he's got a little bit about him. Sam Johnson looks 
bang average. I think he's he's taken a lot longer to get over the injury problems he has he's had. I think um he probably shouldn't have been in the Scotland squad. That might have no, put Matt, him back. Matt Scott, Matt Scott should have. Matt Scott definitely should have, mate. Definitely. Yeah. Love you, Matt. <laughs> Mike loves you, Matt, sorry. Um yeah, I mean I mean I text you didn't I? I mean, Jesus just you know, it's hard to criticise that game when you look at the Welsh, the, the Welsh regions games. It was all it was all really poor. Like you say, kicking was just some of the way. I I don't mind kicking. You know, you can't attack from everywhere, but like at least make it competitive, not just bang, 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 bang. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to back up some of your points really. Um, Duan just doesn't get the ball anymore, does he? There was a, there was one time that Darcy Graham got the ball, made a nice little break as well. Yeah. I tell you what though, I, I'm going to get Darcy Graham. He 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 like, likes to carry, doesn't he? Like he's, he comes he's looking strong, isn't he? Well. He's yeah. strong, isn't he? Um, he? He tends to bounce off people. So um, yeah, I mean, if you look at Edinburgh's back three, you think, wow, dangerous. You know, Kingorn's a good player, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he's a good player, um, and you think, wow, dangerous. A Glasgow team that aren't. Brilliant. Um, as soon as I saw saw Edinburgh, sort of, I thought when they were dominating the scrum, I just thought, wow, you know, eventually they'll break. In fairness to Glasgow, they didn't. I do think referees, he, he was too nice, I think, in the end. I don't think he wanted to simp in someone in the first half over scrums, but I think that kind of ruins the game. I think at some point you've just got to, right, it's collapsing. You're doing it now. You're getting dominated. Get off. Open yeah. the game up. Start scoring some points. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Listen, hopefully, I think the team, the, the game might be a bit different because it's going to be played um, at Scottsdale, isn't it? So it's going to have the um, artificial pitch. Yeah. So that might help. Um, the, the best thing about the game, so obviously there was controversy controversy about um, the try because they were like, did he actually have control and downward pressure? And someone put on Twitter, which I thought was funny. So it was a Bradbury. Yeah, Bradbury said it said uh, he deserved that try for having to sit on the bench for the first sixty five minutes and watch that shit. <laughs> he deserves the he deserves the try for beating the backs to the ball. Yeah, he ran past. Um, <laughs> Didn't he? Who was he running with? Um, oh, I can't remember. It might have been Christine or something. And he like he beat, him, he beat, he beat a couple of the backs, didn't he? Yeah, to the ball. It was like fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I mean about a bit of lack of pace in the uh, in the team. Um, yeah, I mean, like you say, listen, I, I think I'm with you. I think it's good that Glasgow. I mean, Brandon Thompson, I feel for him. He missed that kick straight away. I mean, it would have been harsh. It was the first half. Danny Wilson must be thinking, I need to get him off the pitch. But yeah, and then and he's dropped in this week. He's on the bench yeah. this week, and um, Ross yeah. Thompson's playing. And you know, when you've been playing Pete Horn at ten, and Pete Horn isn't at ten. Yeah. And then you give Thompson a go as a start, and then straight away you bring in Ross Thompson. You you, do, you obviously don't trust him. You know what I mean? And and and, <sighs> and that's it. You know, and that is what it is, unfortunately. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, like you say, later in the game, Ryan Wilson. There was, like you say, there was a couple of penalties where you where you're thinking most uh, most captains going to go to the ten and go. Yeah, especially when it was nil nil. Just knock that over. And he had no confidence. I mean, that's even worse, isn't it? If the captain on the pitch has yeah. no confidence in you. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you've been talking about him playing ahead of Peter Hall and stuff. I think Danny Wilson's 
almost justified, isn't it? Yeah, I just like to see the ten play ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't think I think Danny Wilson's been a bit been a. I like Danny Wilson. He, he coached the Blues and stuff, didn't he? And he didn't want the Challenge Cup with him. I, I do like Danny Wilson. I think he's a good coach. I don't necessarily think he's had um, the greatest of support. Oh um, no, he's, he's not been given any, um, anyone to bring in or anything like that. Yeah, he's not been given a budget. It's Nakarawa, and I don't think he's been seen yet, has he? No, he's been injured. Is he, he, back, is he injured? He's back training, I think. Is he? Yeah. Right. Okay. So they might have him back, you know. But yeah, tough one. Um. All right. Yeah. So we've got we've actually got through quite a lot for our first pod back. Yeah. Do we talk about this weekend's games or? Yeah. Yeah. If you want. Yeah. 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 There was. There was yeah. Yeah, go on. All, all I'm going to say is, is just for the so Glasgow Edinburgh, uh, I won't go into too much detail because we've probably gone quite a while, but um, it's just good to see, um, obviously, uh, Rufus McLean um, get given a, a go on the wing. Uh, a lot of people have been um, saying that he deserves a shot and could have played full-back and things like that instead of Hugh Jones, if you want Hugh Jones centre-back. Uh, and obviously, Ross Thompson, from uh, he plays for Ursula Bulls on a in the Super 6 but he played last week came off the bench last week kicked the conversion and uh, he's starting uh, it's a young lad as well so seeing them two in there seeing Richie Gray back up so obviously played on Saturday and put another game straight after when he's been out with all his injury problems um, and I think with Ollie Cabell in there with Xander Ferguson I think the pack is going to be a bit better from Glasgow this week so I think they'll they'll compete quite well with Edinburgh so that'll be quite interesting and then for Edinburgh it's just good to see um Grant Gilchrist back in the team um, and it'll be harder for Edinburgh this, year, this week as well because they don't have um, uh, Jack, um, they don't have uh, yeah, Duan van der Merwe or Christine playing so it'll be interesting to see um, to see how, how they go as well but that, that's all I've got on, on the game really it'll be should be interesting hopefully a bit better because it'll be on the uh, the artificial pitch uh, but we'll see what happens I, I'm yeah, going for an Edinburgh win again though yeah, it's tomorrow night isn't it yeah yeah so Oh, actually, no. I'm going to go for a Glasgow win, actually. I'm going to go Glasgow. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. So, obviously, the regions are playing the derbies again. Uh, you got the Dragons versus Ospreys Saturday, quarter past five. You've got the Blues versus Scarlets after at half seven. Um, I fancy the Ospreys to do the business against the Dragons, unfortunately, because they're playing Saturday. We haven't had... Um, teams out. We haven't had any teams out yet. Um... Who you got for yeah. dragons or ospreys? I fancy the ospreys. I fancy the ospreys to do the business. I think the confidence will be off. Uh, I think they'll still have a probably a few of the internationals in the team. I know Webb came off the bench at the weekend, so he'll probably get a start. Webb started. Uh, oh yeah, no, yeah he did. Yeah, I think yeah, Webb played yeah. the full game. Um, I just fancy the ospreys. Dragons have got a few injuries. Um, Josh Holmes looked pretty good but he went off Joan Holmes looked pretty good the other weekend I forgot to say that he made a really good break he went off injured um, so yeah I just fancy the Ospreys too many injuries for the Dragons um, to be fair I don't care as long as it's a good game you know, yeah, I've, I've said Ospreys as well so I'm, ho- I'm hoping I'm hoping the weather conditions aren't that bad you know. just, just make it dry um, and then Blues versus the Scarlets. Oh, listen, I'm a Blues. I'm a Blues fan, but you know, at the moment there isn't a lot of confidence. Um, I believe Jared Evans is fit for the game, which is a big boost for him. I think Halaholo might get a start, which is good. Um, 
you know, stake a claim for maybe a Wales uh, a Wales place. But to be fair, the way Scarlets have been playing, the strength of the squad, even with eighteen players missing, um, fancy a Scarlets win there. Who did? Yeah, I've, I've gone Scarlets as well. Who's yeah, gone with I mean, out of Glasgow, Edinburgh? Ooh, I'll go Edinburgh. Edinburgh just just on. I know Ollie Cabell's there, but I think just even then, I think Edinburgh's pack might be Watson and Richie are still playing, aren't they? Matt is still playing. Yeah, be good though. I mean, I mean, young kids will get tested, won't they? Which is you know, which what what we want to see, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping you know to see a few of the youngsters playing for the Welsh regions. I'd like Costello to have a start against the Blues. Whether it's too early for him, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But you can have Dan Jones on the bench for experience if you, you know. Just, just um, with your um, thingy though. So it's Rory Sutherland and Bergen. So I think Oli ah, Bergen. Yeah. Oli Kebble will fancy it against Bergen. Yeah, yeah. Is Nell Nell's on the bench though, isn't he? Nell's on the bench. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So I'll still go Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. No, I think. Yeah. I, I like Bergen, but it's. A, I think it's a massive drop down from Nell personally. Oh yeah. In the, in, not in the loop spot as a scrummager. Yeah. And as a scrummager, yeah. I mean, if you look like you say. Personally, you know, someone should have been in the bin from them from the scrums last week. But uh, yeah, so so we're gonna. I'm going Edinburgh, you're going Glasgow. I think we're both going Ospreys and Scarlets, aren't we? So yeah, interesting to see. Um, right, okay, cool. So we're done next weekend or this weekend coming up. One last thing, uh, you were talking about Bertie before on Twitter. I asked, you know, if anyone wants to ask him any questions, he asked about he asked about the Edinburgh Glasgow. I think you've answered that yeah. question. Quite succinctly, he also asked us uh, about the water boy incident at the weekend. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was a bit of controversy in it involving Chris Harris. Um, the player's been the player's been banned for three weeks now, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and obviously, that started that started off sort of incidents further down. So obviously, um, a water boy. It was a player for sale. I think it was Ben Curry. I don't know, but. Um, did he kick the ball away or he threw the ball away or something? I think um, the ball was up in the air and it was going out of play and they went playing to catch it. Did he not put his hand up and tap it or something? Yeah, he, he basically, basically he'd done something he should like, you know, he got involved in the game and he's just a water boy and 12 trees has gone over and pushed him, hasn't he? Which yeah. has started a, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a kickoff. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, it's fair. A lot of people going in on 12 trees, going, you know, it's, it's a senior player, it's so stupid. You give away a silly penalty um, because, you know, you've reacted. I think it's a bit harsh on 12 trees, to be fair. Like, because, you know what I mean? I, you, the guy's a war boy. The guy's just there to, you know, bring on. I mean, Lawrence Delalio made a point earlier in the game about all these players, all these water. He said, none of them are, none of them are physios or anything like that. All the players that run on the pitch. With players or coaches, <laughs> he said it's, it's ridiculous. Twelve trees shouldn't have reacted, but I don't think the referee should then like penalise. They should penalise twelve trees and then reverse it for sale, having someone getting involved in the game and they shouldn't have done. Unfortunately, lost in the game, so it was all a bit ri- ridiculous. Yeah, he went to pick the ball up, and yeah, twelve trees just smashed him. Yeah, so yeah, all a bit silly. Like I said on Twitter when I replied to Bertie, I said. Uh, the only water boy that should be on the pitch is Bobby Boucher. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's what I will say in that game though, Chris Harris played very, very well. Settled Louis Rizabit, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Nice bit of attacking play, actually. He should do that for Scotland sometime. 
<laughs> right, okay. Fantastic. So, first one in the bag for the new year. Thank you very much for listening. Um, have you got any ideas, any questions, anything you, you know, anything you agree or disagree with us on the pod? Uh, let us know. Let us know your thoughts on the Lions, actually. Quite interesting to find out people's thoughts on the Lions as well, whether they'd like a home tour, whether they just want to cancel it to next year, whether they'd fancy a tour in France. It's actually quite appealing, to be fair. Um, uh, obviously, you know, everyone's, everyone's got a different opinion on it, haven't they? I think the purists will always say South Africa. Um, I think people like me and you probably, who aren't going to get to South Africa are like, yeah, just play at home. Yeah, exactly. Or we'll play, we'll we'll play in France because I'll go there as well. Or we'll play in France, yeah, I'll go there as well. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, if you do want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at DT Rugby Pod. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dragon Thistle Rugby. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for listening and uh, hope you'll listen to you next week. See you later. Catch you in a bit. Later. Trust. Boy, 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 boy. boy. <laughs>